Ladies and gentlemen, we are live! Welcome everyone to the Bronx Sports Jedi MI Weekly of Austin and Chef Dan. I am Austin and my co-host is Chef Dan. How you doing tonight, Chef Dan? I'm doing well, Austin. I'm uh, getting ready, geared up. It's a big pay-per-view this weekend. I'm getting ready for that. We're about to get right into it. So, yeah, how are you doing today? Doing well. Um, doing very good. Definitely excited for this pay-per-view Saturday. Five, yeah, five days from now. Five days as we're recording this doing this video. I'm excited. I can't wait for this paper to be, to come through. And and before that, I just want to mention we are we do have audio we are on audio um podcast platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker FM, etc. So definitely hit us up, check us out over there and listen to us if you, if you want to listen instead of watching or if you can't or you don't have the you don't have the ability to watch us. Definitely want to mention that real quick. And since you already mentioned it, uh, there was no MMA, like major MMA last week, no UFC, no Bellator, 1FC was a week earlier, so we're just getting right into UFC 273, as you can see uh, on this card, as you can see right here, um, although unfortunately Callan Gaslon and uh, Imanov fight is not happening because Imanov couldn't, his passport issue, no visa issues I believe it was with him, if I'm not mistaken. Couldn't, couldn't get to the United States and Gaslam was supposed to fight. Um, I can't even pronounce this guy's name. Um, you know what I'm talking about, right, Dan? Uh, Nazadine Imamov. Yeah, yeah, Imamov, but he, there was a replacement for Imamov, the South African middleweight, but I can never pronounce that guy's name. It's do. Uh, I'm not so sure about who uh, was the replacement for this matchup. There was, he has a hard name to pronounce, but he was supposed to replace Eminov, but Gaslam got injured, and fortunately, Gaslam's not fighting, so it's one less fight on the card, and you can see on the screen, but that, but still a good card overall, still a pretty excellent card, top to bottom from the UFC, this coming Saturday in Jacksonville, Florida, and, and I guess we can start with the main event if you want to go there. Yeah, we can get right into the main event, uh, even though this was supposed to be Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway, number three going down. Holloway had to uh, call out of the matchup due to an injury. And so to step up into Max Holloway's place, who was available was Chang Sung Jung, the uh, Korean zombie. So we have Alexander Volkanovsky versus Chang Sung Jung, the Korean zombie, the Korean zombie uh, in the featherweight division for the championship. And, um, I wish there was more I could dissect from this fight, but really, for me personally, when you look at uh, uh, when you look at the work of the 
prior to the last fight that Chang Sung Jung had, when he fought uh, uh, Brian Ortega, the biggest thing that gave him an issue was the wrestling mixed in with the uh, mixed in with the striking. And so when you have a lot of that going on right now, uh, for um, when you have that going on for Volkanovski, who knows how to mix in the grappling along with the uh, striking, he can do both pretty efficiently. Very well-rounded guy. It it kind of makes it hard for me to kind of say that you know uh, uh, that Chang Sung Jung really has a chance. I'm I, I kind of really want to lean towards a. Uh, uh, Volkanovski taking this. I don't know what round he takes this, but I believe he's so I believe he's so well rounded he's gonna end up winning this fight. What say you, Austin? I think Volkanovski should be the favorite and I and I do lean towards Volkanovski, but I don't rule out Korean zombie. I know Volkanovski's I think it's the biggest favorite of the entire card, which is pretty surprising to my opinion, just because Korean because Korean Zombie has been a top contender in the featherweight division for a long time, and I know it's, and, and I know Volkanovski is great. I'm not going to take anything away from him, but I, I do, I don't know. Part of me thinks Korean Zombie, especially in the early rounds, has a chance to beat on Volkanovski because I think, because he, he is, I mean, he, he has uh, he packs a punch in his he packs a punch in his he packs power in his punches. I should say rather, and also. Also, also, I mean, Korean Zombie, the reason why he's called Zombie is because he doesn't get finished. I mean, with the exception of Yair Rodriguez and that and the elbow in their fight back in 2018. And I do, and I, and I, and I do think Zombie is much, even though Volkanovski should be the favorite, I don't think Zombie is going to be completely dominated in this fight like some people predict or finished personally. I think Zombie, there is a slight chance in the early rounds for Zombie to catch Volkanovski and drop him because I'm trying to think of all the opponents Volkanovski's had who has like the most power in their punches. And I think it probably would be um, Zombie, even more so than, well, although it does have power, but I think Zombie has a little more. And I do, and I do wonder, and I, wouldn't be, and I do think there's a chance Zombie can catch Volkanovski and probably drop him. But we see, if you do drop Volkanovski, he can still um, persevere as Brian Ortega, as we found out with the Brian Ortega fight back in September. Yeah, like you said, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not saying that China, uh, that the Korean Zombie has no chance at all in this fight. I, I'm never going to rule that out. It's just that, for me, if, if you tell me Volkanovski is the betting favorite, I'm not so surprised because... That guy provides this uh, forward pressure, and he's very well-rounded. And I know uh, Korean Zombie has had issues with grapplers, and I know Volkanovski isn't afraid to initiate some grappling. Not to get to submission, but I think in order to get to more comfortable positions to initiate uh, ground and pound and do damage. So uh, I'm, I'm seeing uh, that being done for... Uh, I'm, I'm seeing Volkanovski do a lot of that throughout the fight. Possible. Yeah, I can see. Maybe, yeah, I can see your point. Maybe, you know, try initiate grap, you know, grappling to get better positions and maybe dirty boxing potentially. Or, or, or at least take him down. Or, you know, do any neutralized zombie's power because obviously you don't want to get hit with so many shots from zombie. So I can see that point. But, um... Yeah, I, I kind of wish it was Max Holloway instead of Korean Zombie, but we all know Holloway got hurt, and Zombie took the opportunity, so can't hate him for that. And some, you know, I I think this could, hmm. Actually, never mind. I was gonna say this could be a great, uh, you know, maybe the best fight in the card, but then I just realized I probably should take that back because I think it's a nerf. Probably other fights in this card could potentially be just as good, and. Do, do, you know, do you see a finish in this fight or no? Not at all. Um, no. I think this goes the distance. And I think Volkanovski uh, takes it to the judges and he wins it. I, I agree. I think Volkanovski, if he does win, it would be, um, it would be a, a decision and not a finish. Like I said, Zombie had only been finished once in his... Well, twice, but one was a shoulder injury, which which I don't really count. It was more of a shoulder injury. The other one was, like I said, was that elbow from Yair. That last second, that 
from out of nowhere. And as a, and before, you know, let me answer this question real quick. Someone in the comments wants in the chat wants to know what time this card starts. The pay-per-view starts at 10 p.m. The early prelims, I believe, are at 6:30, and the prelims themselves start at 8 o'clock on ESPN. All Eastern time zone. So for those of you who want to know when does the pay-per-view begin, the prelims, etc., that's when you know. Hopefully that does answer your question. Yeah. Alright, wait. Um, it, right, I'm excited. I am excited for this fight. I do think Zombie. You know, I, I'll give him a little more, ch more, more of a chance than some people. Not you, but some people. In the, and I know the MMA community are giving him person, personally. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, but uh, yeah, uh, we will see. We'll definitely see because it, it's getting close to that time. And we know that uh, this Saturday, this is an opportunity that Korean Zombie has been waiting for his entire uh, career. This is something he could capitalize on, shock the world, and disrupt the um, the the you know that whole round robin of uh, just Volkanovski and Holloway. He definitely make himself a competitor and let himself be known there because. I I I think there's a chance for someone to step up and break the the round robin between those two. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. It is it is feel like the last like two and a half three years it's been the Volkanovski Holloway um, dominant Tao scene, especially you know especially after the despite Volkanovski have two victories over Max Holloway. You know we all know the controversial one in the second fight. So yeah, this is Chandler Volkanovski break that red robin, red robin, as you said, um, Dan. I mean, I mean, yeah. Green Zombie break it. My bad. Uh, Dan said Volkanovski by mistake. And I guess we can move on to the co-main event. Want to go there? Uh, yeah, we move on from there to the co-main event. In the co-main event, we have the the UFC um, bantamweight title on the you know title on the line, and a unification. Battle between Aljamain Sterling and Pierre Yan. Pierre comes in as the interim champ, Sterling as the um, official champion. Now this fight is—it's been a year in the making. Cause a year ago in March, Pierre Yan was the was the bandweight champion. Sterling was challenging for the title, and in the fourth round, Pierre Yan throws an illegal knee while Sterling was down. That where the fight where Sterling couldn't continue, and Sterling was given the the bandweight title. And then, since then, Pierre Yon's fought Corey Sandigan back in October for the interim bantamweight title and won won that fight, became the champion. Aljamain Sterling got his neck surgery, and which which is why he hasn't lost since, and that why we had a year for the rematch. And that last fight, a lot of controversy in terms of Aljamain, in terms of like whether or not he could continue or not, and the antics afterwards. I know rub a lot of people the wrong way about Aljamain Sterling, and. This is why a lot of people are looking forward to this fight, and a lot of people are rooting for um, Pierre Young in this fight. I'd like to know your thoughts on this fight, um, Chef Dan. Um, watching the original fight, uh, uh, you know, uh, you see that Aljamain he started off very well, but that's also Peter Yan having a slow pace. And then Peter Yan slowly but surely starts to pick up his pace, pick apart Aljamain, and then you have that controversial blow that happens. Now, whether or not it affected Aljamain uh, to the degree that it did, I'm not Aljamain Sterling, so I don't know, but he currently is the title uh, holder. That being said, I'm going to keep it real with this one as well. I don't have much hope for Aljamain to retain this championship. I think Peter Yan goes in there and he takes care of business. I think he, uh, you know, sl starts off slow as always, but then uh, he's going to flip the switch. If not at the start of the second round, I think he's going to flip the switch halfway through the first round and start to walk down out to main. And from there, he's either going to get a submission or try and uh, knock him out. But that's what uh, I, he, he's going for a vicious finish, right? Uh, this fight. Yeah, and this, I think this, this, I think this will be a different, hmm, I probably think this is going to be a different fight from the first fight, although, me, me, me and that, I don't, hmm, I probably think, 
I don't know, Parmy thinks Aljamain would do better in this fight versus the first fight, but Parmy thinks Pyrion might just dominate him as well. And it's kind of torn on that. Because one thing about Pyrion you mentioned is that he got off a slow start, but Pyrion's known for getting off slow starts. You see the, you know, the Corey Sagan fight go off to a slow start, and um, the, the Jose Aldo fight, slow starts, but then the second round, he basically changes pace and is able to beat down his opponent. Seems like, I don't want to say he takes the first round off, I don't want to say that, but it seems like he likes to, like, start slow and, like, kind of, like, figure out what you're doing and then make adjustment there. It seems like to me... Yeah, it's a. I, sorry for cutting you off. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Make the point. Now, saying for uh, Peter Jan, uh, what I what I what I think we've yet to see is someone counteract his adjustments because what he's a master of doing is adjusting to the uh, situation at hand and making sure it's what's best for him. Like he flips the situation into something that's what's best for him, and if not. He'll pull back and reassess. Now, has someone been able to adjust to his adjustments and keep the flow going to where they can, you know, keep flipping it right back to their hand? We haven't really seen that yet. So it's that's really uh, the the uh, key for Aljamain Sterling. There is can he find some way to, you know, adjust to? <laughs> it sounds funny. Adjust to Jan's adjustments. And win the uh, win the adjustment battle there. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. And I think also another thing that I was gonna say, Audrey may do, but I think it's gonna be a lot tougher than what I'm about to say is make it more of a grappling fight where you use a lot of grappling. But the thing is, in that fight, we saw how good Pierre Young's grappling was in the first fight. He did um, trip Aljamain, take him down several times in the first fight. And we even saw in Corey Sangin fight just how good um, Pyrion's grappling is, actually. And I, dude, even though I think when it comes to the jiu-jitsu-wise, I think um, Aldrin Stern has the clear advantage. But in terms of like actual like, wrestling, I think Pyrion's going to present tougher challenges. Personally, in that, personally in, in that aspect, I mean, do you agree with my assessment? or? Um... Yeah, I, 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 I uh, to, to a certain extent, I don't think Aljo just goes down this uh, easier this second time around. I think he's learned something from that first fight. I think, because uh, we even saw it, he, he made a calculated effort to kind of extend it to, to really more so just use up the entire gas tank in that first round and try and finish out Jan. He saw that that didn't work, but in the end, it kind of did because... It got him a DQ victory. But you see that you still have to save something in the tank. And if you are going to attack with that ferocity in the beginning of the round, why not go with some grappling heavy uh, 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 offense and try and keep Peter Jan on his back foot? Because we've also yet to see someone do that, be effective doing that, and then come out on top doing that. Yeah, that's a good point. And. That's a good. That's a good point. And one thing I do want to mention with Pierre Yan that I find fascinating is that a couple, I think a week ago or two weeks ago, it was mentioned that his cornerman couldn't make it to the United States because due to I for, I don't the visas weren't approved for whatever reason. And but and now Pierre, people are wondering about Pierre Yan's corner in terms of like who's going to be his cornerman and things like that, etc. And they wonder how much of that, how much is that's gonna play a factor in terms of this fight, knowing that Pierre Yon's typical corner aren't there for him because of um, visa well, um, issues. And I, I think it will play a factor because I've heard some people say that oh, Pierre Yon's so good he doesn't need corner cornerman, which I find ridiculous because I don't think no fighters good enough to where they don't need cornerman at all. It depends though, like it it. It, it, it all depends on the narrative. Like, the fight builds the narrative. The fight builds the narrative. Because if he goes out there and wins in dominating fashion, then you know what the story is that his fans are going to tell. He didn't even need a corner. He's a smart enough fighter. The IQ was there. But now if Aljo gets him to where he's panicking, and then we see it to where he makes a series of mistakes that leads into Aljamain's victory... 
then that could be something there that we could have a discussion where it's like, oh, maybe he truly was handicapped by his corner not being there because the coach that's in his corner knows the fighter just as well as the well not just as well as the fighter knows his, himself but possibly because the fighter will sometimes throw i mean the corner will sometimes throw the towel before the fighter even you know wants to because they see something out there so that's it's all about what the narrative it's all about what fight what fight uh what narrative the fight is gonna give us coming in this saturday yeah Okay, and uh, I just I just find that very fascinating, unique, considering um, I don't recall a championship fight where the corner got where a fighter's corner couldn't make the camp because of this. So I find that a very unique situation. I know Sean O'Malley here in Cejudo offered their services, and Pierre Yan uh, was joking, was made, was jo mentioned like they'll be in his corner. I just don't give him, you know, you know, crappy advice. Or well, he said something else, you know, expletive, you know, jokingly on the air on MMA Hour today. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I love the fact that Peter Yan, he's um, he's showing a marketable side to himself right now, being joking and 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 having fun right now. It shows that he's comfortable. He thinks that he, this is a victory that's in the bag for him right now, and so he's very he's very much so exploring his uh. Side? I don't want to say comedic side. What's the? Hmm. He's. I think he's exploring the character that is Peter Yan. Okay. Like who? Like because we. We've seen Peter Yan the fighter, but who is Peter Yan the person? You have a story to tell, and you are the main character in your own story. So that means you there there are different facets to you because you evolve. That's the way you naturally have a story. So we weren't seeing that before, but now we are. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. And I know. I, I was gonna say, uh, this, I feel like this fight kind of feels more like the main event than even the main event itself. I feel like this is the fight more people are, more, uh, the two title fights, this is the fight that more people are interested in. Just because the backstory of what happened in the first fight and everything afterwards with Sterling and people's reaction towards him and then Jan win the interim t um, title. Do you agree with me that this feels more like the main event than even the featherweight title fight? I mean, to some people it may be, but I don't know. To me, I think this next fight is the main event. Thanks, really. I kind of feel like this is almost no respect to the main event of Volkanovski and, and Korean Zombie. They're two of the top five featherweights for a reason. And well, I feel like this fight, like I don't know, I feel like this. The, the buzz going into this, the trash talk and everything. I kind of want to see. I really do want to see this fight. What happens? See if improvements Aljamain's made, and see how how FC if, if turns out any difference. And especially considering um, Aljamain's one of the few guys who actually fought got fight Pierion twice. Usually most guys Pierion's only fought most guys once, and now does Aljamain have the chance to work on you know improve on things he did and counteract? Pyrion's adjustments, which not a lot of guys have been able to do since they've only fought once. But um, yeah, I'm excited for this fight, and I can't wait. I hope it. I think it. Should, I think it will deliver. I think it'll be a good fight with a good performance. I can see a finish with Pyrion. Also, maybe Aljamain. If Aljamain, you know, is able to get in a submission in a bad position on the ground. That's the only way I see. Yeah, that's it. That's the way I see Aljo getting the victory is through submission. And Peter Yan, I definitely see. Uh, uh, you know, if he does want to finish um, Aljamain, he's gonna go about it via knockout. Yeah, can't. I can't wait. And yeah, Peter Yan definitely has some, probably the best boxing involvement anyone in the UFC can make an. I, I mean, personally, I think there's a case for him to be made there. Oh, uh, boxing, yes. Strictly boxing, there, there's a there's a case, yes. 
yeah. Like I said, can't wait, can't wait to see that fight. Can't wait to see what goes down in the anime title fights. And since you mentioned it already, the third fight is on this card, which some people feel like might be the main event, is in one seven at the one seventy pound division, world toy division between Hamzat Chamayev and Gilbert Burns. This is Hamza. This is a big Hamza's biggest challenge of his MMA career so far, and for Gilbert, this is a chance for him to derail, um, derail the hype train of Hamza Chayev and hand him his first his first loss. And what are your thoughts on this fight, Chef Dan? This to me feels like the main event, me personally, because there is truly, I think, more so than uh, uh, more so than either the co-main event or the main event this fight could end either way i know hamza shamayev has been very very impressive but you're fighting a guy in gilbert burns who was number two ranked in the welterweight division coming off of a victory on uh wonder boy thompson where it was a dominant victory for him prior to that he lost to the champ but he in all in all respects People thought he won the first round against Kamara. It's just Kamara finished him in the next round. But, they, you know, he he has a claim to fame of saying that he had, you know, a, a, a victorious moment against Kamara. He just didn't secure the victory there. But, yeah, um, this is definitely a chance. Like, either guy could finish either guy via any way. I don't see... I don't see a, a realm where either guy doesn't either get a submission or a KO in this fight. It's it's just that exciting, the prospects and the possibilities, because you know after this fight, if the if this guy calls whoever the winner is, if they call for Kamara after this one, or if they even look, let's say they say it's Kobe. I want Kobe next, and we decide who number one contender is. They're not denied that. Yeah, I mean, you're right about that. This is, to my opinion, this should be the title eliminator for the welterweight division. That's just me. I mean, Gilbert Burns can go out there and finish Hamza Shemaya as my dog. Sorry, it's fine, my, my Bruce. Dog. Bruce is in the force. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, as, um... If Gilbert Burns can go out there and finish Hamza Chemayev, the guy's been the boogeyman, like the unstop, like, like the big, hype, you know, the hype train, the undefeated guy that that a lot of guys didn't want to fight in the rank were ranked. If he can do that, I mean, it's hard to not Gilbert another shot at Kamara Usman. I mean, he won two in a row. He stopped the boogeyman. He's ranked number two anyway. You can you can make a case for him fighting Kamara Usman, but if Hamza can finish Gilbert Burns, a title challenger, and finish him and against the guy who's supposed to be the toughest competition today to do that against him. I mean, the, the, the hype around Hamzad's already big. It's not being bigger. And not only that, he's, it, it'd be hard to deny him a title fight at that point. I mean, he finishes number, got former title challenger, got number two guy in the world. It's like, man, I mean, this, I mean, there's so much at stake in this fight. And the, and this is, and Gilbert can be Hamzad Shemaya. Like, he can. Gilbert, you know, Gilbert's got power. We saw against Camaro, and he's got great jiu-jitsu. I mean, very high-level jiu-jitsu. So even if this fight get if, if this fight gets to the ground, I mean, Hamza got to watch out because Gilbert can probably can either submit him or choke or grab a limb or what or whatever. So this so this is gonna there's a this is not gonna be an easy fight for Hamza. And if you're Gilbert, also, but Gilbert can't just you know have bad defense staying up because we see how Hamzat he can drop you he can drop people with just one punch we saw it against Jared Marshard and Wayne five and I believe he dropped his first opponent too in the UFC yes. okay and then there's that uppercut and when he was fighting the regional scenes where he just landed that beautiful uppercut that knocked that knocked his opponent out so if you're Gilbert you gotta be have good um, striking defense because Hamza can put you out This is, like you said, the biggest test for Gilbert, uh, excuse me, for Hamza Chemaev to date. <laughs> I, I, I say biggest, uh, Gilbert's already faced the champ. That's his biggest test right there that he faced. So 
Um, but yeah, um, this is definitely a, 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 a an opportunity for either guy to stake their claim. And, but see, this is the thing. Uh, as much as you say it's a title eliminator, if Kobe Covington says, I want to fight again for the title, can you deny him? Yeah. Yeah, it'd be hard not to, considering Camaro's even talked about he's open to a dirt fight with Kobe Covington himself. And the second fight was so close that it's like it's almost like unfinished business with that um, fight. Exactly. So when you have that, I mean, if 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 I'm the winner coming out of that, I got to make sure I have at least a cornerman tell me, remind me to call out Kobe, because I think regardless of what goes down in, uh, you know, the Leon Usman fight, I think both of those guys are going to end up taking a lot of damage. This doesn't end quick because both of those guys are calculated that, that I, I, I definitely think that fight goes into the fifth round. If I'm uh, either, uh, you know, uh, Gilbert or um, Hamzat. And I know that more importantly than just having this impressive victory, I know both guys, either one, if either one becomes a champion, they're going to take time off to recuperate. While that time off is being had, people will forget my name. There's other guys in the division that will have them remember the name. So when you have situations like that arising, you want to secure your spot even further. It's nice having that number two next to your name, but having that number one there, I think that's something that puts you in a good position because you always just be one fight away from getting that uh, title shot. So either opponent, man, I I'd call out Kobe Covington. Uh, yeah, I agree. If, if you, if, if well, we don't know when Usman's finally on Edwards. That's uh, that's we don't know if it's July or maybe August. Who knows? So yeah, I agree. Clown that means even is after the choice is a smart choice I, for the one to, especially especially if they get a great performance. And I mean, agree with you a hundred percent. I mean, yeah, I mean, and I well. Yeah, I gotta say, I don't know if it's gonna be a lot of damage from both guys if Leon and Usman fight. I'm just not not. I don't get too off topic with that, but I just think Kamara has a great chance. It's, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna leave it there. We'll, when that happens, we'll I talk mean, about I mean, we, we can say that, but what I can say is that both those guys are very smart, calculated fighters. So, do you see them really, you know, throw in their entire arsenal in the first, second round? No. We both know it's definitely gonna go to the third round, and that's where the pace is gonna quicken. Now, does it go into the fifth round? I We can't say for sure. You're absolutely right. But it is going to go past the third round. We I, I we Can we both agree there? Potential? Yeah, it could. It could. I think there's a good chance. But I think it... I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just think Kamara was just better than Leon. I don't... I'm not so on Leon like everybody else. I'll just say that. Okay. Well, other than that, like you said... That fight hasn't been decided. The time hasn't been decided yet. Meaning you don't know when. We're waiting even more time. So while this fight here is going down. I, I call out Kobe. Because I know that's the next fight. That can be easily guaranteed. Yeah. Versus me calling out the winner of that fight. We don't even know when it's done. And then after that. We uh, we don't know when that fight is going to be booked. After that. So yeah. Yeah I mean. Oh, this is this is exciting. This is this this fight. This I'm I am excited for this fight. I, like like everyone is. I mean, so many question marks. We don't know. Both got. I mean, Com, I mean, if Hamza passes the test again, I mean, my goodness, this hype this brother is gonna have. I mean, if he already has enough hype, I mean, but if Gilbert Burns can end um freaking Hamza's undefeated streak, I mean, and him his first loss and also. You know, secure his number two position. I mean, Gilbert, Gilbert Burns. I mean, I mean, he's right there for another shot at the at, at Kamara Usman. And also, I do wonder if um, I, I do wonder how good. I think there'll be a good amount of grappling. I think Hamzat, if he hurts Gilbert, can I can see him taking him down or like, because Hamzat does got some submission victories. I do 
wonder how good how good Gilbert would be off his back against someone like Hamzad, who is a pretty good wrestler himself, wrestling from when he was in Czechia and in um, Sweden as well. So I don't think, I mean, I do want to know that will work out too. Yeah, but we both know it's going to be very interesting because this isn't an opponent that we know Hamzad Shemaev can easily ragdoll. This guy is a contender. He's a smart fighter too. This isn't one of those opponents that he can pick up like uh, Li Jingliang and, you know, just carry him all over to, to Dana and then choke him out and, and beat him up just in front of Dana and Dana and try and make an example. Like, this isn't one of those guys. So, very, very interesting. I I agree, Frankie, in the con in the comments the chat writes, Gilbert's a tough piece of meat. I agree with you there. Gilbert's no push. Gilbert, Gilbert's no pushover. No one's beat. No one pushes over Gilbert Burns. Yeah, I mean, Kamara Usman had get, got dropped by him before he was able to beat um, Gilbert. Was, but, but yeah, I agree with you there. This is gonna be Gilbert's gonna be a challenge. Like I said, I, I, that's what that's what makes so exciting about this. A challenge for Hamzad. See how good Hamzad really is. That's what makes it so treat so exciting. See how good Hamzad really is, and also. And also, we see, you know, Gilbert Burns and show how good Gilbert still is. I mean, don't get me wrong, Gilbert still loses. He's still one of the best world suites in the world, regardless. Yeah, but it just goes to show that there's a new guy rising in the contender and in the, uh, in the uh, division that he cannot be denied. That's what it would show. Yes. I agree. Can't wait. This is definitely exciting, this this fight, this Gilbert Burns and Hamzat Shemaya fight. So I'm glad Gilbert stepped in and took on Hamzat when a lot of guys didn't want Hamzat. Or a lot of guys were, seemed like they were unwilling to take on Hamzat. Like Gilbert stepped uh, in. Except, well, Gilbert and one Neil other Magny. guy. Neil Magny. Neil Magny. Yes. Yes, right. Probably didn't make that fight, but hey, it works out for Hamzat. He's fine. Gilbert Burns. I mean, I think I'll take that over um or Neil, let's just be honest, considering the opportunity being Gilbert does versus Neil Magny. No offense, Neil Magny, great, good, very good fighter. Yeah, it's just a, it, it's just a numbers game as far as in the ranking. Uh, but like we said, this is going to be a very, very dope fight. And Austin, you looking forward to it as much as I am, if not more. Uh, we can move on though from this fight into the strawweight, into the women's strawweight division. This is the first fight on the main card. Mackenzie Dern versus Tisha Torres. Very, very interesting here. Very, very interesting. Because both fighters can, uh, uh, you know, both fighters can grapple. Very, very well. But we both know when two grapplers enter the ring, what happens nine times out of ten. They end up striking with each other. So who do you see as the better striker? That would be the primary question there that's on everyone's mind. I agree. And Tisa Torres in her last fight against Angela Hill was very good on her feet, which surprised me because I thought I was going to be her weakness against Angela Hill. She actually was way better against Angela in striking. And... It seems like, and we and we saw with um, Mackenzie Dern against Maria Rodriguez in her last fight that after the second round, like the only time she got to the ground, she really didn't have a lot of answers for Marina on the feet, as Marina picked her apart and won that fight back in October. And although Mackenzie, you know, has been working with Jason Perillo, who's one of the better head coaches and striking coaches in all of MMA. He's trained likes of Michael Bisping, BJ Penn back in the day, and Rafael Delanjos, and I think Cyborg even. So we all know how he's pretty, we all know how good a striking coach Perillo is. It's just question of how much McKenzie's improved since that October fight against Marina. But we both know. I think I think personally McKenzie's the better grappler of the two. I know. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I know that um, Tisha has has a wrestling background. You know, oh, Tisha has shown good wrestling or pass but I think if this fight is up on the ground it, it Mackenzie's got the clear advantage she's the one woman you don't want to go to the ground with and in, in the in the strawweight division because she has a better advantage over everybody but I got two things gonna be a striking matchup I think Mackenzie needs to needs to make um Tisha respect her um striking in order to get to the ground 
let me ask you: Does Mackenzie Dern have a lot of uh, uh, success grappling shorter opponents? Because having the height advantage means you really can't go lower than your opponent as far as base wise. So if she does go, you know, if she goes low, all that it, all that really does is it puts the fight maybe at eye level or even you know at a at an advantage for Tisha Torres there. Because, uh, like I said, uh, her having the height advantage, I don't think it helps with her grappling. It'll may maybe uh, you know she invites the dirty boxing and she goes into the clinch a lot more, and maybe that's her way of uh, going about it. But I I don't think she uh, uh I, I don't think she grapples well with a shorter opponent. What say you? I ain't thinking about that. But that's a good point because Cisha is a shorter um, strawway compared to. Some of the other girls at 115, and you know it's hard. It's taller fighter. It's harder to get lower because you put yourself in a bad position against a shorter fighter, and um, and that's a. And I didn't think about that. Man, that's a wow. You brought up a good point. I didn't think about that. The Tisha's height versus Mackenzie. I'm trying to think how many. Trying to think of all her fights. How many short points did she fight, uh, Mackenzie? I mean, either which way, whether she's fought them or not, that trying to get that advantage of, you know, getting lower than a shorter opponent, it's tough. Especially because with Tisha Torres, like, she's not, she's not short and, you know, slight of frame. No. She's, she's a short and compact athlete, so I know she has the strong enough base to that if uh, Mackenzie Dern shoots... She can sprawl, get lower than uh, Mackenzie, and push off and keep the fight standing up. She, yeah, that's true. She, I mean, uh, that, that, give that, me one I'm, moment. I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. Um. Good point. Anyway, um, that's a good point by Dan there. But I think if Mackenzie can get like a buy lock, you know, like kind of like a backpack, you know, like backpacking as I call it, our, our opponent, like Mackenzie. I mean, Tasha that can do. She doesn't actually have to shoot for the legs in order to get a takedown. But like I said, I think that whoever's the better striker is going to win in this fight, like Chef Dan pointed out. But also, I think in order for if Mackenzie wants to get, make it a grappling match, she's going to have she's going to force Tisha to respect her striking. She's going to hit her with several shots that can hurt her Tisha or get or can stun her just enough to where she can shoot for a takedown or get a, or get a, like a body lock where she. Can, Put on her submission because, like I said, Mackenzie Dern might be the best submission artist in the strike division. I don't think there's anyone better than her, personally. But um, I'm, ex uh, but yeah, this this is a great fight in the in the strike division because Tisha has won three in a row. If Tisha Torres can beat um, Mackenzie Dern, she's right there for a, a towel shot. At, at, well, not not a towel shot, but like maybe she can go out there and like. Be, be fight for a title eliminator next against someone like uh, you know a title eliminator next. I'm trying, I'm trying to think who, um, like maybe Marina Rodriguez or someone else in strawweight division. She can fight a title eliminator next if Tisha does beat Mackenzie Dern. But Mackenzie Dern wins, she's basically one more fight from a title from, from a title match as well. Considering she can beat a girl in Tisha Torres, who's won three in a row, who's been. Who's you know climb up the rankings? She put put Mackenzie Ryan back in track for getting a title fight soon. This is like I said, this is a very important uh, this is a very important um, <clears throat> fight in the strawweight division. I'm excited for this fight. Like I said, women's women's strawweight strawweight is to me the best division in all of women's MMA, not just UFC, but maybe in all of MMA. The 115 pound division is pretty damn good from top to bottom. The UFC is consistently the most entertaining uh, division. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I can agree with that. Especially looking at the champion for the women's strawweight division. All the way to, you know, all the competition within the strawweight division. You see that it's very fluid. Very, very fluid. You have Rose there. And then the number one, Zhang Weili, we can't forget about her. Because soon enough, she is going to come back and make some noise. Being the number one contender overall. But I agree with you 100%. That most exciting women's division in uh, MMA. Yeah, great, yeah, great, great fight. Looking forward to that fight as well. Definitely looking forward. These four fights you mentioned, all of them, 
I'm looking forward to, and this, they're all... I'm excited for this card, and, um... You said that was the first fight of the, of the main card? Uh, yeah, that's, uh... That's what I see it as right now. I, maybe I have to... Give me one moment. I'm gonna check another site. Okay. Okay, like I said, this, this, this pay-per-view starts at 10 p.m. Eastern time zone in the United States. 10 p.m. Eastern time zone. 8, 8 p.m. Pacific. I mean, not, not 8 p.m. Pacific. Excuse me. 8 p.m. Eastern time zone. It's the um, prelims, which should be on ESPN for the pay, for this pay-per-view. Yep. That is the first fight of the main card. Okay, okay. And the prelims are pretty good. I like them. I really enjoy them. I really like the prelims for this card. I mean, Ian Gary, you know, is, is on the prelims. I guess if you want to transition to that, we can... Yeah, it's the main card of the preliminary, Ian Gary versus Darian Weeks. It's going to be in the welterweight division. I haven't seen Darian uh, Weeks uh, yet, so I don't know what to expect from him. But I know Ian Gary is a very impressive prospect, so I I'm expecting some fireworks there from you. What about uh, from there? What about you? Um, I'm not too familiar with Darian Weeks, uh, with Darren Weeks either. Um, I'm just pulling off his um, record. He is five and one. He's come off. His last fight was a loss to um, Brian Barberina back in uh, back in um, December via via um, decision, unanimous decision. So this is so for so this is a guy come off a loss trying to rebound against someone Ian Gary who's got you know a lot of buzz about him. I believe he's A and O in his MMA career. If I'm not mistaken. Yep, he is eight and O. A guy from Ireland, a guy who has, who is some, who's got a lot of buzz as potentially the next Conor McGregor. I know it's like hard thing to say considering how popular Conor McGregor is, but a lot of people feel like he'd be the next Irish superstar in the UFC. And Ian Gary talks about how that's his goal is to be the next Irish superstar. Again, and and getting a knockout victory like he did in his UFC debut in Madison Square Garden would definitely help in this case, especially if he's the featured prelim of featured prelim of. Or main event of the prelims, or feature prelim this card. That yeah, most help. definitely. Uh, also on the preliminary, we have in the heavyweight division, Yairo Rosenstroik versus Marcin Tabora. That that one, I think, mm -hmm. is... Um, this one's going to end very quickly because both of these guys are heavy hitters. Marcin Tabora, he's more of a tactical guy. I think um, if this ends for him, it's going to end via ground and pound slash some submission. If Yair Rosenstrike wins this fight, for me personally, I see it via uh, um, I see it via knockout for him. He's gonna strike and that, uh, that he's gonna have the KO power, and that's how he's gonna win this fight. Uh, but the heavyweights they have a chance here to get some movement within the heavyweight division because there's been a lot of jumping up and down and moving around within the heavyweight division while people are seizing their chance because there is an outside guy who's been rumored getting ready to jump into the division as well uh, another fight on the preliminary uh though that i feel it could have been on the um it could have been on the main card for me personally in the featherweight women's featherweight division aspen lad versus raquel pennington man uh, uh what what do you think of this fight wait that's a that's a featherweight yep okay makes sense because aspen lad i think didn't she have weight troubles recently like... yep okay um, is it's this could be? I mean, I guess whoever wins this fight could fight Amanda. Not next, but like after she takes care of business, like after she fights um Julia Pena in that rematch. Whatever that's. I mean, I mean, I think Aspen left. She's having weight troubles at one thirty-five. Maybe this is the maybe one forty-five is where she might be better and perform her and and put out her best performance. Pretend maybe. I'm not sure. I know Raquel's coming in on a three-fight win streak, so Raquel's been on the roll. I know Aspinac's coming up the loss to, um, who she lose to? Oh, Norma Dumont, that's who it was. So, wait, 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 I was at Featherweight, too, actually. Never, never, no, I think if Raquel wins, she can get Amanda next. I think if, if Aspen wins, that doesn't, she won't get Amanda next. So, either way, I mean, Aspen, like, She's really talented. I mean, she's got six not six or nine victories all by knockouts and TKO. So, I don't know if maybe her power translates into um, the featherweight division. But maybe, but ho hopefully she can land, you know, some good shots to hurt Raquel Pennington. 
But Raquel is not exactly an easy girl to like put out either. She's a very tough, gritty girl. Rocky, Rocky, uh, Raquel Pennington is a tough fighter, and uh, I. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just gotta say, it. I think the division needs contenders. It it does. I mean, there's it no needs division. A ranking. Yeah, there's no division. There's no. I have no ranking system, so I don't know where Rocky Pennington is ranked in the featherweight division because they don't have a ranking system in place because there's not enough fighters in that division. You need more fighters in that division, and um, yeah, it 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 says a lot that a preliminary bout could decide the next title contender. Especially in the division where there's no rankings. I mean, it's not, I mean, I don't consider, that's not even a real division where it's 145. I'm just going to be honest. But, you know, it's just not, I mean, I mean, I guess, I mean, Rick, go ahead. Nah, uh, 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 I was saying, uh, it, it's, it's, the division is, it, it is what it is. They have to build it out, but all in all, I think this is going to be an exciting fight. I, I think this could have been on the main card as well. Well, I think I think the Rosenstroke and Tabora fight could be on the main card, considering that those are two top ten heavyweights, and I know both guys come off a loss. Rosenstroke's come off the Blaze loss, and um, Tabora's come off the loss to Volkov. But they're both very exciting fights, fighters, and I think you're right. They're both heavy-handed. I think there's a potential and or knockout from one of these guys. I mean, Rosenstroke is a pretty good kickboxer. Has a good kickbox. Is a kickboxer. Has a kickboxing record prior to MMA. And Tabor is very round, well-rounded too. I mean, he's he knows he's got heavy hands, but he can you know take guys down, submit guys as well. So I think this is a very I think. And plus, Tabor was on a roll prior to that loss to uh, Volkov. He had won five in a row. So I like to see this being a bounce back victory for Tabor. But I can also see somewhere where Rodestru catches him and drops him also. Like I said, this, this is gonna end, this is gonna end first round. I think you're right about that. Um, Dan, I don't think this fight's gonna last too long. I don't think it's gonna be a decision. I'll be shocked personally for this decision. Yeah, but uh, all in all, two very good uh, fights on the preliminary card back to back. Yaya Rosenstrike versus Marcin Tabora in the heavyweight division, and Aspen Ladd and Rocky uh, Raquel Pennington in the featherweight division. We also have Mickey Gall versus Mike Mallett in the welterweight division. Uh, Mickey Gall, I'm familiar with. Mike Mallett, I'm not too familiar with. What do you see with that fight there? I'm not familiar with Mike Mallett. I know Mickey Gall's coming off a, uh, his last fight he lost. I just don't remember who the opponent was. I know he lost his last fight. Yeah, Mickey Gall seems like he's a guy we've... He's been in the UFC a while now. It's kind of crazy considering we... Considering he's... This is his 12th fight. And yeah, he's been in the UFC since 2016 when he fought CM Punk in Cleveland. So, I mean, it's, it seems like, I mean, I don't know, it seems like, I mean, it seems like Mickey Gall recently is like, you start winning something and lose one, like, stop, you know, like, win one, lose one, win one, lose one type of deal. I don't know if Mickey Gall can put it together and maybe go out, maybe he can go, go on a win streak or Mickey, or not. Right, when it comes to Mike Mallet, I don't know too much about him. Like, I don't know, I, I haven't seen him fight, so it's going to be my first time watching him, so. Who knows? Maybe he's someone to watch out for. Maybe he beats up Mickey Gall easily. Maybe he goes out there and becomes the next contender welterweight. Like I mean, we're yeah, we're both finding out about him. So, like you said, we shall see. Another fight on the uh, card uh, in the lightweight division. Vince Pichel versus Mark Madsen. Uh, Vince Pichel, very impressive prospect. 14-2 uh, and two, uh, in, uh, in his uh, career. Versus Mark Madsen, who's 11 and 0. I, I think this fight, it, to me, this is a pop or stop fight. And when I say pop or stop, I think it's either gonna really pop with the fans, or this is one of those fights where it's like I, I, I could have stopped the uh, watching it and did something else. It's gonna be one of those fights. I don't see it in between being, uh, you know, a very good fight because both of these. Uh, well, for me. Vince Michel, uh, what I really remember from him, because uh, just trying to remember him right now, he's a he's a very violent fighter. Vince from hell, Pichel, he's a very violent fighter. Throws with uh, accuracy, walks down his opponents a lot. I I, I don't know if he, I, I don't remember him grappling too much, but I know he is a striker, a, a very pronounced striker. So 
I, I see that happening. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think both Mark, Matt, both guys. I'm, I know the names. I just, I don't. I, I'm looking. I'm trying to remember now. I know uh, Mark Masson. Like looking him up, I just remember now that he's a silver medalist at the silver medalist at the Olympic Games in 2016 at Greco-Roman Wrestling. So he's got. So he's Olympic. So he's Olympic wrestler. So I do wonder if I wonder wonder how much that's going to play a factor, especially considering he's a silver medalist. If if he's going to be taking a um, pinch showdown a lot in this fight, but I mean I think that I, I, I that's what I want to see is how is is um if Pinchot can stop the wrestling and make a standing fight how much how, how how much better we how much we fare in that fight. But but but, right. but is fourteen and two and Madsen's eleven and zero. So these are two very good fighters, very good records fighting each other. So I think it's I think it should be a good fight. Hopefully it's not one of those fights that you mentioned where you're basically you're basically like uh, I could have done something else instead of watching this. Uh, all right, so we we, we shall see um, another another heavyweight bout that is on the preliminary card. Uh, Alexei Olenek versus Jared Vandera. Uh, I'm I'm gonna keep it real. I'm not gonna be all too interested in this fight right here. I I don't think this fight has any heavy implications in the heavyweight division and with so much going on. Um, and neither guy right now I see is gonna pop up to be a contender right now. And not only that. Uh, Alexei Olenek, he hasn't uh, impressed me in his last couple of bouts. What about you? Olenek lost his last three fights too, unfortunately. You know, th- you know, started with Derek Lewis and then Chris Dawkins and then it was Sergey Spiknov. Or, yeah, Spik- Spiknik and... Spivak. Spivak, excuse me. Spivak. Spivak. And Jared Van- Vendera has lost um, three in a- no, two in a row to... Um, Orlovsky and uh, Alexander Romanov. So you're right. None, it's not going to affect the heavyweight division that much. It really won't. But someone will get a victory finally. Get off their losing losing skid. And Olenek has been... It's crazy. Olenek's been fighting since the late 90s. I think 98, 99 he made his MMA debut. Let me find out. Because Olenek's been fighting for a while. Like, he... 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 90, I think it says 96 was his first MMA fight. Yep, ni- mm. uh, yes, November 1996 in Russia was his first MMA fight. Oh no, you, oh Ukraine, excuse me, Ukraine. But still, I mean, the guys, guys from guys been fighting since the late since the late 90s when he was 19, and he's still, he's still fighting pretty crazy. I know the guy's got like a bunch of submission victories. Like he's got like 46 victories by submission. So. If this fight gets to the ground, we all know who's probably going to be in great position, Olenek. You know, Jared's a lot younger than Olenek. Olenek's basically um, 44, and Vendera's like 29. So, you know, it's heavyweight, and heavyweights tend to age better. I do wonder how much age plays a factor, although Olenek does have the experience. But like I said, it's not its not exactly going to be matter in the rankings, but still, someone's losing skits. Someone's finally going to get... Someone's losing skits going to be... um. Someone's losing. Someone's losing skits. It's gonna be ended basically. As I'm sorry, I couldn't pronounce that. All right. But yeah, um, that's uh, gonna be a fight on the card as well. Another fight we have in the middleweight division: Anthony Hernandez versus Josh Fremd. Um, either of these guys, I think uh, both. I think uh, both of these guys might be making their UFC debut. No. Anthony Hernandez made his UFC debut already. He lost to uh, Kevin Holland uh, in 2020, and then he beat uh, Rodolfo Vieira. So, all right, uh, I I don't remember much of his fights. So this is gonna be a, a, a yeah reintroduction for for both fighters to me. Same, same. I don't I don't know too much about both guys. I mean, I've heard of Anthony Hernandez, but for some reason I can't recall his fights either. Okay. Uh, next fight on the card in the uh, f- women's flyweight division, Piera Rodriguez versus K. Uh, Hansen. Um, Piera Rodriguez, she's making her debut in the uh, UFC. 
one moment. Yeah, she's coming off of a victory in the Contender Series. So she's uh, making a debut in the UFC from the Contender Series versus Kay Hansen, who is already in the UFC. Um, yeah, this is going to be also an introduction as well. Kay Hansen coming off of two losses, though. So she's uh, trying to get right versus a contender who's trying to make a footing in the uh, UFC. Uh, yeah, th th both this fight uh, and the fight prior, I think, are going to be introductions as well. I agree. And uh, first fight on the preliminary is Julio Arce versus uh, Daniel Santos but, uh, in the Bantamweight division. Julio Arce, I feel like I've seen him fought before. I've yeah, seen him fight before. Yes, he, yes, we did. He fought on um, Song Young Dong back in November and got knocked out by Song Young Dong. Okay. Okay. But um, yeah, so then Julio Arce uh, against Song Young Dong, who is a, a, a preliminary, uh, prominent name in the UFC as far as a coming up prospect, he has a chance in this uh, preliminary to, you know, set his name right against Daniel Santos. Who is ten and one in his career, and I believe he is. Yeah, he's making a USC debut himself. So this is going to be an introduction as well. So a couple of uh, fighter introductions early in the preliminary. We're about to find uh, find out this Saturday about who some of these fighters are. But um, mo uh, we're I'm excited. I, I see this. Uh, is it's a very good card. Very balanced card so far. Yep. UFC had to take a break after coming up with two very good cards. And uh, right back into this, man. Uh, I'm excited. What, what about you, Austin? Very excited. I mean, the UFC, the UFC taking a week off last um, Saturday definitely helped. Definitely um, it built anticipation for this card even more. And this is already a pretty good card. I mean, actually, the, you know, the main card and the prelims are pretty good. I mean, you got, I mean, you know, the two title fights, the 145 Tile fight with um, Volkanovski and, and Korean Zombie, and then you got the Bandway Tile fight with Sterling and Yan, and then of course the Gilbert Burns Hamza Shemaya fight. I mean, especially with all the hype Hamza that has, it's probably test. I mean, that's pretty damn exciting. And then you got Mackenzie Dern and Tisha Torres in the strawweight division, two ranked girls in the best division in women's MMA. And of course, Ian Gary, you know, seeing him return is pretty, pretty good. And then the to Board fight, I think, should be a pretty good fight, entertaining fight for as long as it lasts. And then Aspen Lab killed Penson, the um, straw rate, you know, those two girls who we both, who UFC fans are familiar with, fighting the featherweight division. I, I mean, yeah, overall, this is a pretty good card. I mean, it's very well balanced. A lot of, a lot of people making their debut early on in the prelims. And then, of course, and then, of course, you know, the, it has a nice, you know, a, a prelim main event for you to, for people to, you know, care about. And then, of course, the two pre the prelim fights, like the Aspen Lab Pinson and Roger Stroop and um, Type War fight, very nice fights, especially in their respective divisions. And of course, the main car is solid, once again. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm really looking forward to this. I wish I can go, but I can't. It's in Jacksonville. It's only two hours where I live in Orlando. I mean, it's... Uh, what, too bad. Next time. Next time. If we, yeah, next time, you most definitely, yeah. But, um, but all in all, Orlando area. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Now nah, I was saying, all in all, a uh, great card. The anticipation is there, especially having a, a break, uh, I, and I can't wait for it. Um, last words from me, man. I, yeah, I, I can't wait for it. We're here. It's time. We are live. Everything Bruce Buffer has to say because we got two title fights. We got some. We got some uh, questions to be answered. So I'm 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 hyped. I'm ready for it, and yeah, let's go. That's my yeah. My five words are I Jeff Dan's right. Everything he said. And I can't wait. I mean, finally see you know the bantamweight title situation get fixed and see in this chapter in and see how good Hamza that is. Freaking and see if Green Zombie can pull an upset or we or we can get the trilogy between Holloway and Volkanovski as a lot of us do want to see that trilogy fight. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to like about this card. Can't wait! Thank you guys for watching and listening to us. Wherever you watch, where you're watching us on YouTube or listen to us on the audio podcast platforms, we appreciate you guys. Have a good night. Have a good night and have a great week. And look forward to breaking down this, this exciting UFC pay per view. Peace. I'm Austin. Peace. Good night.
Ladies and gentlemen, we are...